This week, we're covering a feature adaptation of Frank Herbert's science fiction novel about the son of a noble family entrusted with the protection of the most valuable asset and most vital element in the galaxy. This is Dune. Welcome to Treat Your Shelf. I'm Christina. And I'm Hannah. And special guest today, we have... It's me, Emma. <laughs> it's Returning me. to the podcast. <laughs> whoop, whoop. It's not as exciting since you only released Infinity Reaper very recently. Mm. <laughs> so, but it's been a very long time since we've all three been together. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. Welcome back, Emma. <laughs> Thanks, Christina. Welcome back again. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure our listeners are not aware, except for maybe one or two of them, but we read Dune as a book club before we started recording a podcast. Mm-hmm. And so this is a book that's near and dear to our hearts. <laughs> just kidding we didn't like it so i thought it'd be fun for us to watch the new movie and see what we thought but we read the book i think it's been like two and a half years now oh it's been longer it's been longer than that it was when hannah was when we went to england yeah we went on our trip yeah okay so the summer of 2018 we read the book for some reason the reason was because hannah was like i want to read this book and christine was like i also want to read this book and i was like yeah this seems like a book i should read Mm -hmm. so there is no recorded episode but and you know like we're all science fiction fans here and this is like supposedly the quintessential science fiction novel like if you're a Mm -hmm. hardcore science fiction novel fan then you love this book and we just didn't and i still (laughs) consider myself a science fiction fan well, you see, I don't really consider myself a science fiction fan. I just love Star Trek. <laughs> okay. Okay. Which I, there's like very little science fiction I read other than mm-hmm. watching Star Trek. That's fair. Yeah. This was very um, politics in space is what we kept saying. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so the new movie, how did you guys feel about it? Um, <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> Hannah, Hannah. Yeah, no, I can I can go into my feelings on the movie. Visually stunning. I'm not sure that you would understand the movie if you haven't read the book. I was thinking that too, but yeah. there's no way for us to tell because we read the book. <laughs> but we yeah, all read right. the book, so I don't know how to how to actually talk about that. Mm-hmm. I uh I don't know. I guess overall, if I'm just doing overall thoughts first and then getting into specifics, overall, it was kind of boring. It it feels like the director and, I mean, based on the press and the director basically saying that the only way to watch this was in the theater, it seems like the focus was on the visual aspects. That yeah. They just really sat on each scene for a beat too long, in my opinion. Like, Mm -hmm. it was really cool to highlight all of the visual accomplishments and whatever, but I didn't need them to take that beat 
in every single scene, if that makes sense. Yeah. It does. Yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> so you, you thought the movie was boring? I thought it was kind of boring. Okay. 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 All right. Well, let's see. If anyone wanted to hate this movie, it it would be me. But I, 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 I put the movie on. And I'm like, all right, put everything aside. Don't think about the book. Don't think about anything. Just judge this as a movie. Mm-hmm. And so it was okay. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with that. I didn't necessarily think it was boring until the last hour when I realized what was left to happen in the story. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my god, there's still an hour of this left. Yeah, when I kept looking at the <laughs> how much time was left. It's like, so oh I boy. thought the first hour and a half, it was there. It was slow. The one thing that made it so slow is that every character took a really long time to respond to questions. Yes. <laughs> and it's just like, you didn't need to do this in every scene. Kind of like what Hannah was saying, but yeah. a more specific example. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... <laughs> uh yeah so like i said the first hour and a half was pretty solid pretty just like middle of the road i'm enjoying this i don't love it and then it goes on for another hour that could have been 30 minutes or less Mm -hmm. so yeah i didn't hate it but i'd never watch it again fair enough okay (laughs) wow we're really uh we're really walking along the spectrum here because I loved it. Of course you did. <laughs> nice. Of course okay. Did. Christina, what, what in this world do you hate? I feel like I've asked this before on the podcast. <laughs> Christina there, loves everything. I love everything. Everything's great. Everyone's so creative and cool. Um, okay. So the book, I just really, I think I got lost in it and just like, you know how you get lost in politics you just don't really understand what's going on and there's so many different Mm -hmm. names and like frank herbert is building an entirely new world so of course like you just really don't know what's going on i mean you have Mm -hmm. to like catch on pretty quickly and i felt like this movie did a really good job of like explaining what everything was in like a way that like I was kind of confused going through the first book, and maybe that's why I kind of hated it a little bit. And Mm. then watching this movie, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it now. That's what those people are. That's what this is. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I still think uh, politics and space is super boring. And I've heard that the first book is, like, the most action-packed, so... (laughs) Oh, no! It's still, like... But all the action happens off-screen in the book. (laughs) I know. And, like, so I still... Like, it kind of makes me want to read the other books. Mm. Because I know about other things that happen, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of (laughs) interesting. But at the same time, if book one is the most interesting and i kind of struggle with that then i'm not sure i don't know Mm. i don't know but i thought it was visually stunning i did think uh like hannah was saying or emma i can't remember hannah said this that they kind of beat you to death with the visuals in fact like paul like a lot of the characters are followed by almost a ring light (laughs) 
Yeah, the like floating light. Yeah, the fo- the floating ring light. And I'm like, oh my god, this is such a modern touch to be like, oh, look, it's going to cast this great light on the actors and we're going to get like the perfect lighting sequence for mm-hmm. this scene mm-hmm. because of this floating ring light. It just was a little too obvious for me. But... I don't know. I thought it was interesting. And I liked that he had his little like recorder that was explaining to him, like his little recorder dictionary that was explaining Mm -hmm. to him all the things that were going on and defining things that were happening because I feel like it helped me. But again, like if I hadn't had the base knowledge of the book, I don't I think I would have been even more lost. Also, I watched this movie twice. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> okay, then... That was such a shock that I forgot what I was about to say. <laughs> oh, no! That you, that you sat through this movie twice, wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of dozed the first time, but I also watched it at, like, 3 a.m. And then the second time, I was, like, whew, focused and, like... Okay. Watched every single detail, but... Okay. Yeah. How do we... How do we feel about Lady Jessica in the movie versus the book? Okay, so this was something I, like, okay, this movie has been, like, in the works for three years or something. I don't know. Since we read the book. Yeah, really. (laughs) Uh, But I know that I heard an interview with that actress long ago where she's like, yeah, we're changing things from the book (laughs) to Mm. make this character better. And so they, yeah, they they did enough where it's still it's still like the book, so it's still not exactly how I want female characters to be. But it's not mm-hmm. terrible that it turns me off like it did in the book. The female characters in the book were the biggest turn off for me. I remember that, yeah. and I was waiting for that feeling to happen in the movie, and it didn't happen. So I was like, okay, they changed these characters enough where I'm not like, oh, like someone wrote this who just doesn't understand women like Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know go ahead hannah (laughs) i um, you see my memory of the book isn't great (laughs) my memory (laughs) about all things is not great but i don't know i almost felt like they kind of shortchanged lady jessica in the movie because in the book I mean, doesn't she face so much more opposition from, like, the Duke's, like, advisors? And she's always, like, constantly fighting tooth and nail for her plans to come to fruition. And then in this movie, we don't really see all of that drive and all of that focus. She always seems, like, really upset when Paul is taking a step forward in her plan, like, in her ultimate Mm -hmm. plan for him, which felt very different from the book. Yeah, that that was one of the surprising things about this movie, considering how long it is, that they cut things out from the book. Because mm-hmm. I guess we're getting into spoilers a bit, but this is more spoilers for the book. But anyway, um, they cut out the part in the book where they're all thinking there's a traitor among us and all the men think it's Lady Jessica. Yes. And so that's, yeah. what, that's what you're talking about right now, Hannah. Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is th- Yeah, she, she didn't face, she didn't have to stand up for herself against drunken duncan idaho okay yes okay duncan idaho is a drunk right (laughs) no he was just drunk in that one scene oh okay (laughs) i really remembered that scene in the book so i mean my memory he's a drunk like a hundred percent of the time (laughs) 
Don't be smirch Duncan Idaho's name like that. Well, How I dare thought, you. I thought it added charm to him. <laughs> yes, alcoholism often does add charm to a character. Well, I mean, that's why I wasn't surprised when he died <laughs> in the book. <laughs> but I guess he's like a great warrior or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the movie, he seemed like pretty late to the battle. So maybe mm-hmm. he was drunk. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. it seemed like he woke up and like the battle was already like halfway through yeah mm-hmm. where was he was he sleeping he was really sleeping. I mean, <laughs> was he I don't know maybe not we saw Gurney sleeping and then waking up maybe we didn't mm-hmm. see Duncan waking up that's true he could have been doing something else yeah <laughs> drinking but yeah I don't know I the movie also surprised me where this was like one of the major things that I was like people who haven't read the book will be thrown off by this was the betrayal of the doctor and how it just came out of nowhere in the movie there was no setup for it there There was was no foreshadowing yeah except for he like gave shifty eyes here and there and i was like (laughs) "Mm, okay (laughs) but yeah you know i don't want to compare it to the book i guess we have to but in in the book there is the part where Lady Jessica's like, he's hiding something. Yeah. And if we just had if we just had that where if she just like gave like a look at him like, huh? Then mm-hmm. maybe the audience would be like, oh, wait, we should actually pay attention to this character who might actually be a character. He didn't really seem mm-hmm. like much of a character until he betrayed everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And then it would make sense when Jessica's like, don't don't take those sleeping pills. Like or wait, no, he I think but the Duke was the one who said, I don't want that That's what I was trying tonight. to say. He yeah. was the one who was like, I don't want that kind of sleep tonight. Yeah. Like, sometimes know. she's really strong and using the Bene Gesserit powers. And sometimes she's just like a normal person. So it's kind of hard to tell, like, what exactly her powers are. Mm-hmm. Besides using the voice. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I feel like the movie kind of shortchanged her and that she could have been... I don't know, more integral into things and less Mm -hmm. seeming like she was upset that things were going the way that she wants them to go. Yeah, I guess now that you point that out, it was a little weird that she's just like, oh, I'm so sad that all my actions have led to this, the thing I wanted them to lead to. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I will say both book and movie, it does seem a bit weird that this amazing sect of women who are super powerful are waiting for this man to come that's that's their goal is to create a man who has their powers because once a man has those powers he will be unstoppable yeah Yeah. no woman with those powers will be unstoppable she just couldn't handle it (laughs) i mean maybe the other books explore that in a satisfying way i have no clue but it just seems really weird (laughs) I don't know. I think it gets weirder <laughs> from here, honestly, from what yeah. I've heard. Yeah. From all the pictures I send you of book covers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those old covers. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've been talking about, like, the middle of the movie only. Let's... What What? What do I want to say about the movie? Um... <laughs> My first note was everyone keeps looking at each other because there was like one scene in particular where that's based. I think it might have been the handing over of power scene, kind of like uh, oh, yeah. Duke, Duke Leto. I did they say his name Leto? 
I don't know if they ever said it. I think they said it was. Okay, everybody whispered in this movie, so I couldn't hear it. Okay. The sound was so off, at least on the computer. I was so confused by the sound. Okay, that's like an HBO Max thing, for sure. I always watch movies with the subtitles on because the action is so loud, but then everyone whispers. I'm like, what is happening here? Frustrating. Yeah. That that was yeah. my that's that's my note written in all capitals. Everyone is whispering. And it's just this is like how modern movies mix their sound and it's so annoying. And we should start a change.org petition to get movies to not mix their sound like this. <laughs> yeah. But also they were they were actually whispering. It wasn't just oh the the talking's quieter than everything. There was yeah. a scene where Lady Jessica's whispering and I'm like you don't need to whisper right now. You're actually like <laughs> the, when they're in like the the not it's not a helicopter but it's a helicopter. The dragonfly. Um, yeah, when when they're in that she those. she's whispering and I think everybody else is talking normally. I'm like stop whispering. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, in a machine that loud, like, there's no way anyone would hear you. Mm. Yeah, that, that was one of those things that I realized this morning where I was like, wait a minute. In the first scene where they're in that, they're all wearing, like, the headsets to be able to mm-hmm. talk to each other. But then in that later scene, none of them are wearing headsets and they're all <laughs> whispering to each other. Oh, interesting. <laughs> but I was like, okay, oh. maybe, maybe they were wearing the headsets to communicate to the spice harvester. And that was the mm-hmm. whole point of the headsets yeah. and not to communicate mm-hmm. with each other. But no. <laughs> I don't right. know. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, like, I don't remember a lot of this happening in the book like i don't remember that spice harvester scene at all okay that happened I, in the book <laughs> that did happen in the book it was probably my favorite scene in the movie or like one of my favorite scenes i just liked seeing oscar isaac at like the helm of a <laughs> helicopter oh my gosh oh my gosh hannah did you die when he was like i wanted to be a pilot I love that so much. <laughs> and you're like, in another life, you are a pilot. <laughs> I you're love the that best so pilot. Much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Oh my yes, gosh. Oh, oh my god. Um, I liked the fight scenes. I think they were choreographed mm. well. Um, the little force field thing, that's cool. I don't remember that from the book either. It it was. Okay. I don't remember anything from the book. You didn't, you obviously didn't, well, we didn't talk about, we didn't record the part where you said that you tried to watch the original movie twice. Oh, yeah. You obviously didn't get to the part in the original movie where they turn the force fields on and they turn into like cute people. Like cute block people. (laughs) What? Oh my gosh. Ugh. I'll okay. try and send you a pic or, like, a gif of it later. <laughs> okay, I need to try and, like, really get through that movie. It's just so, like, I think, I like, I immediately, like, fall asleep during the opening credit music. Mm. <laughs> the Toto music like, lulls you to sleep? Yes, it's just so, like, I don't know when it came out, 80s? Like, it's just 84. so... Yeah, it's so 80s. It's so, it like, corny. I can't handle it. I love it, but... I just can't get through it. <laughs> yeah. It's so bad. <laughs> and I haven't even watched it, really. <laughs> so how do you know? You're missing Patrick yeah. Stewart turning into a cube man when he turns <laughs> oh. on the force field. <laughs> oh, I need to watch it. I need to see it. 
Yeah, I think I think that was my favorite scene in the new movie when when Gurney was like, Paul, I'm gonna fight with you. And Paul's like being a moody teenager. He's like, I don't feel like it. And Gurney's yeah. like, that's not how fighting works. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. going to kill you. That was good. Yeah, I liked Gurney. Gurney was great. Mm-hmm. I liked him too, but I was sad he didn't have his instrument. In the book, he plays... Like yes. a like a, a lute with a really long neck kind oh. of thing, and oh he didn't God. have that in the movie, and I was very disappointed because mm-hmm. I was like, it'd be cute, but this movie can't be cute. It's got to be edgy and gritty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this I movie mean, was not cute. Duncan Idaho <laughs> and Paul, every time they saw each other, just leaping into each other's arms, that was kind of cute. That's not accurate to the book. In the it's book, not, Paul has care. no emotions. And in this, in this, he's hugging Duncan Idaho every other scene. I mean, that's the only time Paul in the movie seems happy is when he's around Duncan Idaho. It's true. Yeah. Um. And then, did you guys know that there's like a mini series on sci-fi as well? I did. I've heard. And I heard oh. that that was the best rendition, like better than the old movie. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was there was an article. Like when maybe probably around when this movie was announced, that said the sci-fi version is the most okay adaptation of Dune. They <laughs> 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 basically like they did the best they could, and uh, it's the best anyone's ever done. Oh my okay. god! And that came out in like two thousand. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I'm not interested in it. Maybe I am a little. Since you like, should okay. be. Well, so I'm not interested in adaptations of the first book because i read the first book what i want are adaptations of the later books so i know what happens yeah but that's completely aside Mm. we're talking about this movie the movie we watched hannah you said and christina you were like it's visually stunning uh uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's this is what a lot of sci-fi movies do where there's just big empty spaces everywhere And it's like, mm-hmm. that's not, I guess it's a science fiction world, but it's just like, people don't live like that. I can, I get it for the Harkonnens, you're doing a visual metaphor, oh, mm-hmm. they're cold and distant, mm-hmm. but it's just every single room is just so big and wide open that I wrote down, there's yeah. like the locker room scene where they're, they're like all cramped around Paul and I'm like, oh, everyone's like in this scene together and there's no space in between them mm, it's yeah. very exciting i was like oh i'm so excited by the scene that i don't know what happened because i was writing about how much i liked <laughs> yeah anyway so there's the set pieces and mm-hmm. then all the costumes are like black with no color and I'd, I'd like some color just a little bit yeah i do believe that's how they were described in the book but mm-hmm. I'd, okay. I'd like it if people looked different <laughs> Mm. I'm realizing now, sorry, I don't know why color made me think of this. And I can't believe I didn't type it anywhere in my notes on this. The bagpipes? The bagpipes. That was a moment of joy for me. I loved the bagpipes. And then I loved that being in the musical score and being part of the the soundtrack. You see, I was thinking a lot about the bagpipes because... You know, you know I love musical <laughs> instruments, Hannah. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about the bagpipes. Well, I got out my encyclopedia of music for this. 
that's amazing. Okay. okay, so I was like, bagpipe seems like a weird choice. I loved it. It it seemed kind of weird, but then I, I was reading about bagpipes today, and there's, I forget the name of them, I should have written it down, but there's a certain type of bagpipes that are from Spain, which kind of makes sense because there's mm. bullfighting imagery with House Atreides, and they're mm. like, oh, mm-hmm. Grandpa was a matador, mm-hmm. apparently. Um, yes. So it's like, okay, bagpipes yes. yeah. might work. I, I, what I, what they should have done, Hannah, was they should have used a serpent. Do you, Hannah? There is a picture okay. that you took of me standing next to a serpent. I did. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's the coolest instrument. It's gigantic. It was as tall as me when we went to see it at the Musical Instrument Museum in Edinburgh, Scotland. What if someone was holding oh. one of these and playing? Yes. Yeah, I'll post that picture to our Instagram when we release this episode. I don't that know if you can so actually cool. stand and play this instrument, but I'd be like, that would be so cool. That's something that you never see. So it'd be like, oh, what's this crazy instrument? And it's got yeah. a nice sound. It's sort of, it's compared to like a French horn or a euphonium. It's got a sort of like hollow sound to it. Okay. Um, so... But, you know, I guess I shouldn't pretend that I'm a better filmmaker than the director. (laughs) Were the bagpipes from the book or just from the other movie? There are no bagpipes in the book. Okay, I was like, I am forgetting something crazy right now. No, there was just the the Gurney Halleck instrument that was a string instrument. I I know it was a string instrument because I looked up Mm. string instruments to be like, what could they have used? They should have used a... I think it's called a theorbo. I don't know how to pronounce that one either. Anyway, look up a theorbo. It's got like 14 strings and it's super big. Mm -hmm. And we could have had Josh Brolin playing that in the movie, but we didn't have that, Hannah. Man. Well, there is a part two, so (laughs) there's still time for a theorbo. He he picked it up while off screen because... Yeah. (laughs) Because we don't know what happened to his character. At the end of the movie. Oh, exactly. He's missing in action. Thufir, we didn't see his fate. (laughs) Because they knew they couldn't do better than the original movie on his fate. What happened in the original movie? Okay, Hannah, it's time. Yes. It's time. So. Yes. First, we're going to talk about the book. So, Thufir is a Mentat? I think so. I don't really explain Mentats in the movie. They didn't mention Mentats at all. But uh, the Baron's Mentat dies in the poison attack. And so then they capture Thufir and they're like, we want you to be our new Mentat. So mm-hmm. we're going to poison you. He doesn't know he's poisoned, though. We're, they're not actually telling him this. They're, they're like, we're going to poison him. And that way, if he escapes, eventually the poison will overcome him and he will die before he can like reveal our secrets. And it's not what happens. We didn't see that in this movie. We, The battle happened. We didn't see Thufir for the rest of the movie. In the original movie, it's the infamous cat milking scene. <gasps> I think I've heard about this scene. We sent you a video of this. Yeah. <laughs> Where the Baron is like, Thufir, Thufir. Look at this cat with a rat taped to it. We have poisoned you. And in order to get the antidote to your poison, you must milk this cat every day. 
It's it's just the greatest scene in cinematic history. Oh my gosh. Wow. There's so many questions I have about it. The first one is why. The second Mm -hmm. one is why is there a rat? Why is there a rat taped to the cat? Yeah. The rat isn't explained or mentioned. And, you know, the most important question is, is the cat milk the cure to the poison? Or does, like, milking the cat then, like, release the cure to the poison? Like, then they're like, okay, here's the cure to the poison. <laughs> Good job milking the cat. <laughs> uh, we, want, we want the milk from the cat for something else. But we'll yeah. give you the antidote yeah, <laughs> if you exactly. do this one task for us. <laughs> and it's very unclear why David Lynch decided to do this. The thing that I came up with was he just always wanted a cat milking scene in a movie. Although we don't see a, the cat getting milked. But he always wanted it in a movie what? and he just couldn't figure out how to work it into like a racer head. He had to cut that part, I guess. Oh and my then he God. was like, I can put it in Dune. <laughs> That's so crazy. It doesn't even make sense on any <laughs> level. <laughs> so I can't believe you couldn't make it through the original movie. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean, I just need to make it through that opening song and not watch it when I'm sleepy. You just see Sting holding a cat with a rat taped to it. I mean... Oh my god, Sting plays Thufir? No, he plays... um, He plays a character who wasn't in the movie, in the new movie. He plays Fade... Whatever. Rotha. Rotha, yeah. He plays the Baron... I didn't even know that Fade... I didn't even realize Fade Rotha wasn't even in the movie. I feel like he's a big character. He is a very big character, but I, I was going over the summary of the book last night, and it sounds like really everything that he does is in like the second half of the book. In the first okay. half of the book, he's just kind of there being like, hey, mm-hmm. whatever, holding the cat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so he might be in the next one. We can only hope. This is this is how I hope the next movie starts, is with the scene I just described. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll explain the rat this time around. They'll come up with an explanation for it. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel like this movie had an equivalent to that scene, though, where there's a scene with... It's in the Baron's palace, I guess, and there's like that spider human creature. Yes. Mm. Yes. What the hell was that? I don't know. It's never explained. And then um, the oh gosh, I'm not gonna remember her name, but the Bene Gesserit Mother Superior woman, <laughs> Mother Superior, <laughs> yes, what she is. was like, I will not talk with that thing in here. Yeah. <laughs> and then. He was like, well, he's not going to leave. He won't listen to you. And then she's like, leave. And then it leaves because <laughs> she used the voice. And that was the scene. And That I was, was it. <laughs> and I was I was writing it down, which was a mistake because then they started using subtitles. And I'm like, oh, I'm missing the scene because I have to digest mm. what just happened. <laughs> yes. So that very much seemed like the director was just like, hey, look at this design I have for... Uh, human spider thing it's creepy i know i was like what is happening creepy and pointless (laughs) yes (laughs) uh they're like we have this huge empty room we have to fill it with something something (laughs) needs to go in this corner (laughs) 
and maybe he's maybe the spider was drinking cat milk. That's why they have to milk the cat. It's for the spider. <laughs> for the spider who has the cure to the poison. Yes. yes. Ugh. Okay. We got it. We figured it out. Okay. Perfect. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I do I did write a uh, a note saying that. There was this very foreboding music that I really liked. I think it was be- the music before the um, bagpipe music. I know I went on okay. about how to improve the bagpipe music, but <laughs> the, the music was fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wrote that Oscar Isaac and Josh Brolin specifically, that their performances felt very Shakespearean. It felt very yes. Hamlet. Yes. Uh. And I was like, this is great. I that's If I was a director, I would have been like, okay, guys, I... This is Shakespeare. Make it Shakespeare. Yes. <laughs> so I, yeah. I I agree. I liked that. I really love them together. Mm-hmm. It was great. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we feel about the characterization of the villain in the movie? Because that was always my biggest. What? Don't laugh at me, Emma. I'm not that laughing. What... I'm laughing at a note that I wrote down. Oh, okay. Interesting. But I was just going to say, like, in the book, we have the villain who we know he's a villain just because of all of these really harmful stereotypes. I mean, it's very fat phobic. It's um, possibly the only character on page that's described as fat and always in a very negative way. Um, he's also, as far as I know, the only queer character. And so, of course, he's also a pedophile uh, in the book. And so all these very harmful things. And in the movie, didn't really see the pedophilia. So yay for that. Uh, not, yet. I, <laughs> not yet. Not <laughs> yet. But then I still wasn't sure that they necessarily showed... Because, I don't know, I felt like with him being fat again, he's he's allowed to be fat, but they were doing it in a very specific way to make the audience feel disgusted with him. Yes. Which was very fat Oh, for sure. Because the like first the, time you see him, he's the naked. The opening scene, yeah. He's yeah. naked in like a steam room. Yeah. And you're just like, ew, what is this? What's happening here? But you don't know who he... I mean, I didn't know who he was at first. I assumed that the bad guy... At first was Dave Bautista. <laughs> he, he's uh, the secondary back, bad guy. Yeah. They're both bad yeah, he's, he's the heavy for the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They did give um, uh, Stellan Skarsgård some really nice traps, though. I have to say that for a heavier dude. They gave him some muscular shoulders, so... <laughs> Okay. I noticed that when he was coming out of the bath, when he was, spoiler alert, regenerated at the end of the movie. Did that bath scene, Hannah, you know what I you know what I thought about during the bath scene? What did you think about during the bath scene? When Stellan Skarsgård helped Thor take a bath in Avengers 2. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is definitely a callback to that movie. What? Okay, I don't remember that at all. Okay. When does... What? Okay. Did they I just talk- throw that scene into the movie. Okay. Okay, okay. This is a scene I talk about all the time, but it's in the category of scenes that I don't understand, so I always bring it up. In Avengers 2... Age of Ultron. <laughs> Age of Ultron. Stellan Skarsgård okay. helps Thor take a bath for some reason. I so, don't know yeah. what that reason is, but I've only seen the movie once. I never rewatched it to figure out what the reason it, was. But he helps it, Thor take a bath for some reason, and it's so dumb. So that way... So then... In this movie, when he was taking a bath, I'm like, oh, remember when Thor took a bath? No, it's, I mean, if you want an explanation, it's literally just so that they could foreshadow Ragnarok. 
Um, so that oh, yeah, he, he knew that like, Ragnarok was coming, so that he knew that Asgard was in danger, and so then that's, like, what propelled his mission for the next Thor movie, too. Yeah, but it had nothing to do with the movie that he was no. taking the bath in. No, they literally shoved that in there because they were like, we need to set up for the next movie, but they really could have easily not had it in there. God. So anyway, <laughs> I mean, Stellan Skarsgård cannot take a bath without me thinking of... When he helped Thor take a bath. Yes. I mean, that's a happy memory, though. <laughs> no, it's not, actually. I had a miserable time watching Age of Ultron. Oh, that's true. I have only seen that one once as well. But, um, <laughs> gosh, what a random memory. <laughs> all right. We, we've been going all over the place with this, so it's kind yeah. of hard to know what to talk about next. Um. Uh, oh. So Zendaya's character... Who they never name. No, they say her name. Oh, they do? Yeah, Stilgar says, Chani, take care of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. I miss that. Anyways, um, she does a lot of looking in this book, <laughs> or in this movie as well. Mm-hmm. I forget what her role is, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> her role is to be there for Paul. <laughs> Paul's lover. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this movie, it had an uphill battle of having so many things to explain, but I do yeah. feel like there were times where there were, like, re-explanations, and I'm like, I didn't need mm-hmm. you to explain that to me again, because there's the time when Paul's walk- watching the video of mm. the the sand walk, or however you're supposed to walk in the desert, and then oh, yeah. later, later when he has to do it, he's like, Mom, we have to do the sand walk. It's for this purpose. And I'm like, I already know that from the video. You could have just been like, Mom, walk the way I walk. <laughs> and yeah, I just like, I feel like Lady Jessica should know so much more than she lets on in the movie. She should know the sand walk. You know, she's a smart woman. She's like mm-hmm. super powerful. Like, why are you, why, why is your little 15 year old son or whatever, like trying to explain all this to you? I'd be like, I know a sandwalk, okay? I'm showing you the sandwalk. <laughs> I've studied this planet just as much as you have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, come on. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and then again in the scene where there's a sandworm that's going to attack them, but somebody puts a thumper in the ground, and Paul says, somebody put a thumper in the ground. And I'm like, Paul, like, I can hear what you're hearing. And we saw thumpers earlier in the movie and we know that they yeah. attract sandworms. Mm-hmm. But you felt the need to say that out loud when the movie could have just, like, cut to the thumper and then cut back to Paul being like, oh, right. we're saved. Yeah, Plus, exactly. later on, doesn't the guy who set the thumper be like, I was the one who set the thumper? <laughs> yes, <they laughs> Yes. It was yes. excessive. Where I was like, I mean, there was only like 10 minutes left of the movie at that point. Where I'm just like, yeah. guys, I'm not that dumb. Yeah. I'm like, we get it. Someone Show said me. a thumper. It was you. Like, okay. Show, don't tell. And, and, you know, this movie was very visual, but at the same time, there was a lot of telling mm-hmm. things yeah. where you could have done it visually. And I think they were worried that. Someone who's watching this movie who's has no background in Dune whatsoever wouldn't get it, but they were explaining the wrong things more than once. Yeah, I agree. I'm not sure they needed to explain anything more than once, to be honest, but right. But still, like they were like really being to death 
the wrong things. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I'm I'm curious if this will create any new fans of the series because I don't know. Like I, if I was somebody who had never seen anything or read anything related to Dune, would I go into this and be like, oh my god, this movie's amazing? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I know people. I know a lot of people read the book in preparation for the movie. So, yeah. so I don't know if, like, reading the first book, then seeing the movie, if they would then continue on with the series. I don't know if just the movie by itself would. Like, now that I've... So, I read the first book a couple years ago. Now, I've seen this movie. Now, I kind of want to listen to the book again. Like, I'm not going to read it. I'll listen to it on audiobook. But, like, I kind of want to revisit it and maybe move on to the other books in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm curious. I haven't actually read any reviews or heard any reviews other than our review right now. The only review you need. Exactly. <laughs> I tried not to read any reviews. I did read like one article on Wired that was like, "This is the book adaptation that we need." Blah blah blah. What? And I was like, <laughs> okay. Disagree. Well, I mean, the article was really lacked substance (laughs) so it just was like i don't know possibly a paid for article Mm. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) but we're not getting any money for this so you can trust us yeah i guess i don't know (laughs) emma might be lying about her opinion you don't know that's true Hannah, should we talk about the problems with the movie we can yeah i don't even know we're probably not gonna say it eloquently but so I was very curious about this movie for several reasons, but I knew that there weren't any Arab actors in the movie. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, you know, you can argue that Dune is a fictional world, but you can't argue that it's not Arabs because they speak Arabic. <laughs> there are several Arabic words in the movie, in the book, even more deep. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't even in the movie. Good job, Christina. Thank you. <laughs> I'm impressed that you remember that one. <laughs> My brain works. I got out sometimes. the old Arabic dictionary. Look mm. <laughs> like at you. I, I got out all my books. <laughs> um, yeah. For this one, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so because I knew that there weren't any Arab actors in the movie, I was like, okay, are they just gonna, like, pretend that there's no Arabic influences? Are we gonna get rid of the Arabic words? Are we gonna not have people look a stereotypical way? Mm-hmm. Nope, we had all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's very baffling. It's not very baffling. I know exactly why they did it. Because yeah. racism. <laughs> yeah. And because, Hollywood. Yeah. And- There's an article I read from Al Jazeera in English, and it was written when uh, the trailer came out a year ago. Okay. So I don't know, maybe there'll be an update, but the person writing it was upset by the trailer because he was saying that Dune is one of the few books where Arabs and Muslims are portrayed as the good guys. Mm. Oh, yeah. But you can't have... In the Fremen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so uh, he he's like, but you can't have them portrayed as the good guys in an American movie, and yeah. that's unfortunate. 
that this happened because yeah. I feel like the intent was, oh, we don't want to show white people, white savior, imperialism kind of thing, but instead you ended up really showing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By trying to avoid it, you actually made it worse. Yeah. Like, there's still diversity, but it's just not the right kind. I don't know. I don't know mm. how to say it. it uh, yeah, I know. That's why I was like, I don't, like, we're not... We're not going to talk about this eloquently because we're also yeah. all very bad at speaking eloquently. <laughs> 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 Our fatal flaw is that we decided to start a podcast and we're bad at... <laughs> we don't know English. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel a lot of times. I can talk about the Arabic words, though, because I got the old Arabic dictionary out. Because Okay, well, there's the scene. I forgot a lot of the terms that were used in the book. So there was the scene where apparently the crowd was saying Lisan al-Ghaib. And... I was listening, and I was like, are they saying gharib, which means strange or weird? And I was like, are they calling Paul a weirdo? <laughs> <laughs> but it would also make sense if there's if they're saying gharib, because it'd be like stranger, like, oh, foreigners are in mm. our land. And they did call him a like a stranger or wanderer, like in English as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, but they said lisan al gharib. Lisan is tongue. Easy enough, I know that one. And Ghaib is absence, hidden, or concealed. That which is transcendental, the supernatural, divine. So, that's kind of... They, they did have a translation of the movie that was like, uh, somebody from the other side, whatever, the savior. Is. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had... Uh, sh they were saying Shai Khalud. And I'm curious mm, if mm -hmm. they... If it's more Shay Khalud? Because shay means thing in Arabic, and khalud means infinite, endless, perpetuity, eternity, eternal life, immortality. And that's what they used to refer to the Fremen, that's what they called the sandworms, was shay khalud. And shay khalud, oh. khalud means an eternal thing. So. Yeah. What does shay so, mean? Not, that's like just not how you pronounce it. Shay. Yeah. Shay means tea. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> but I also think it's pronounced Shay. 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 Uh, I'm not perfect in my Tejweed as <laughs> my pronunciation. <laughs> so it's been a while right. since I've heard these words as well. So I got to practice my Arabic and then I could mm. enlighten you all a bit more. But since this is my, this is supposed to be my area of expertise. So I felt like I needed to bring it up. But yeah. I'm sure somebody out there on the internet has like better translations of these. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. But I was yeah. very excited that I was able to look it up in the dictionary and be like, oh, I found the word. I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's so cool, though, that the sandworm is a thing of eternity or yeah. infinity. I like that. But also very disappointing that there are no Arabic actors among the Fremen. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> it it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think I covered everything I wanted to. Yeah, I definitely like. Would you guys recommend people watch this movie? No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think everybody who wants to watch the movie has probably already seen it. But mm -hmm. I I don't know. Like, I if if you haven't read the book, I definitely would not recommend it. 
same Mm -hmm. but if if you've read the book maybe (laughs) yeah okay if you have so i'm gonna recommend the movie but i also agree if you have not read the book then watching the movie is gonna be endlessly confusing and you're not gonna like it but another question for you guys if you have not read the book do you recommend the old movie a hundred (laughs) percent It's very short, and it covers the entire book. Yeah. It's not very short. It's probably like two hours. It might be longer. I don't remember how long it is, but I had an enjoyable time watching the old movie. I've only seen it once. Our mother liked that movie quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Did she see the new movie? No, no. Ugh. I would like to, like, I want to know how she feels about the new movie. Okay. (laughs) Hannah, would you recommend the movie? The new one or the old one or both? Oh, which whichever movie? I mean, same as Christina. I think I would recommend the new one if you've read the book. I guess if you haven't, if you're fine with being confused and you just want to see a really visually stunning movie, then go for it. Uh, the old one was fun. Uh, I do think it has all of the negative aspects about the Baron from the book that I did not like. Yeah, but, but it was the 80s, so it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> watch it like you're living in the 80s and yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I, okay I guess I should reiterate <laughs> or not reiterate but I should state that the original movie it's not good but I it's, enjoyed it yeah I get yeah. that yeah I agree I agree with that I assume it's like one of those bad movies that's so bad it's good but not even like there are like the cute we talked about all the like laughable moments yeah (laughs) the special effects in general are something but i'm i'm (laughs) out there saying that (laughs) the original movie covered the whole book and it covered it well yeah Yeah. i mean it was faithful to the book for sure that's the thing if you like the book you should watch the original movie it's exactly like the book people will try and tell you it's not Mm -hmm. but it is (laughs) You know, that's the thing. I've read an article that was like, in the 80s, people didn't care if the movies followed the book at all, so the movie doesn't follow the book at all. So that's what I, I've I heard. I feel like it's very faithful it to the book. It's very faithful. It's just people don't want to admit that there are bad things about the book. <laughs> yeah. I. That is how I feel about the Dune fan base in general. They don't want to admit the bad things about it Mm -hmm. they're just like it's great let's not talk about it anymore you know yeah and i'm like okay we don't have to talk about why i hate doing the book but (laughs) but explain the cat please (laughs) (laughs) okay that wasn't in the book it wasn't unfortunately (laughs) and neither was the spider i know (laughs) <laughs> that's why it was so baffling i really was confused about that i almost rewound because i almost missed it and i was like did i just see what i thought i saw <laughs> like what's happening <laughs> pretty great watch it for the spider okay no don't watch, watch it, it for the spider. Skip that part <laughs> no watch it for the spider <laughs> well guys that's our review of dune go see it go read the book go read the book don't see the movie oh well, wait Christina. Don't see the movie? Read the book? I don't know. Christina. Don't read the book? What? Do you have any recommendations? 
Oh, oh my God, we're doing a recommendations corner. Oh, we sure Christina are. thought she got out of this. Oh. <laughs> I'm hiding in my sweatshirt. <laughs> okay. Do you well, want us to go first? Yeah. Why don't you guys, Hannah, why don't you tell me your recommendations? <laughs> Is that aggressive? No, a little aggressive, no, but I like it. <laughs> It's fine. Uh, I mean, mine is honestly to listen to another podcast. Uh, so mine is uh, listen to, it's called uh, Chapter 3 Podcast. And so they have an episode on Dune. So they do the book versus the new movie as well. Um, very interesting discussion. Plus one of the hosts actually really, really liked the book like five star read for them uh, but they also do uh, recognize the issues with the story but it's interesting because they've also read on in the series so whereas none of us really have that knowledge they do so yeah. chapter three podcast do an episode or any of the episodes but that would be my recommendation okay emma how about you all right i do have some recommendations thank you for asking so I know that I said that this movie was a little boring. I'm going to recommend a movie that's an hour longer. Oh my god. <laughs> you should watch Lawrence of Arabia. Yes. One of the greatest movies. I, I do genuinely love this movie. Hannah it's, knows. It's a fantastic movie. It's it's one of my wow. favorite movies. And also, I made, it, I made Hannah watch it last year on my birthday. And she mm-hmm. did not want to watch it. And you just heard her say, it's a fantastic movie. I, wow. I didn't know what the movie was about. And I needed her to pause it like five minutes in to explain to me what it was about before I could continue. But it was fantastic. I went on and I've read so many books about Lawrence. I've read so many books about um, just the Middle East in general. I, like all because of this movie. It was wow. It's a fantastic movie. So even though it's like a little problematic, I mean, it's not as problematic as you might think. Yeah. Okay. That's like, it has the problems of not too many Arab actors, more Arab actors in Lawrence of Arabia than mm-hmm. Dune. Wow. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, wow. I mean, not to spoil it, but there is this interesting like turnaround between two of the characters in the movie with mm-hmm. how they act at the beginning of the movie versus how they're acting at the end, which I think is fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The, when I when I read Dune, I was like, is this Lawrence of Arabia in space? And I think when I read the Wikipedia page for Dune, it didn't mention that. But then when I looked at it last night, it mentioned that Frank Herbert was inspired by T.E. Lawrence. It didn't mm. say the movie, but I was like, the movie came out in before the book, like not too mm. long before the book. I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, it's it. You might think it's a a movie about a white savior, but I think it really dissects that narrative. Mm-hmm. Okay, and shows it for what it really is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting. So that's one recommendation. It's listed as one of the greatest movies of all time, I guess, for a reason. It is actually fantastic. I think it's a movie that people think they know what it's about, and they do not mm-hmm. know what it's about. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I'll be honest, I have no clue what it's about. Well, it's about World War One. That was the thing that held Hannah up, is she didn't know when the movie was taking place. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I have no idea when this movie, that movie takes place. Okay. All right. All right. And then I was going to recommend The Magnificent Seven, the original movie. We've recommended the TV show on this podcast yes. before. <laughs> 
But I'm recommending The Magnificent Seven, the 1960 movie, I believe is when it came out. And the reason is because it's a very special movie. Because before that movie was made, another movie was made in Mexico. Magnificent Seven takes place in Mexico, for those who don't know. Mm -hmm. Another movie was made in Mexico that depicted Mexicans in a very racist way. And Mexico was like, you can't film movies here if you're going to make movies like this. That's fair. And so they're like, okay, we're going to make them Magnificent Seven, and we're going to have this, I guess, censor kind of person on set with us to tell us what we can and cannot do, which is why the Mexican farmers in the movie are all wearing these stark white costumes and it makes no sense but you can't show them being dirty because that's offensive oh but my anyway, gosh anyway they took two seconds to actually talk to the people that they were depicting and at least in my opinion they made a movie that made everyone happy mm-hmm. and wow. that actually like you really fall in love with these characters and their way of life is shown as being better than the white people way of life and mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a very heartwarming movie mm-hmm. <laughs> and i like it a lot <laughs> <laughs> but yeah just like actually talk to people for 2 seconds yeah. and <laughs> yep <laughs> you can find out what you should do yeah it's crazy what a what a crazy idea <laughs> Okay, so I do have recommendations. One is a podcast, and it's last podcast on the left's Deep Dives, Dune. So uh, Henry Zabrowski, great comedian, he loves Dune so much. And (laughs) he covers, along with Holden McNeely, the first four books of Dune and it's pretty great that's where i learned a lot of spoilers and um i think they also do an an episode about the movie which i haven't listened to yet i didn't want to listen to it before we recorded and they do a great job covering it it's also comedic so it's a little light a little funny it's pretty great I definitely recommend that. And then I'm going to recommend the best book to movie adaptation I think that there is. And that's Lord of the Rigs. Okay, good. Yes! <laughs> I was afraid you were going to say something dumb and I'd be like, it's Lord of the Rings, Christina. <laughs> no, it's Lord of the Rings. I started watching it last night because I was just like, you know what? The best book. To- I just started watching the extended version last night. And it's also the season for it and also yes. the 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. So, you know, guys, just go back to a classic. It'll never let you down. Mm-hmm. Ever. Ever. <laughs> yes. It's actually true because Hannah and I watched them recently. And during the first two movies, I kept going on about how much I don't like the third movie. She did. <laughs> and then I watched the third movie and I'm like, oh my god, this is the best movie. The third one is the best one. <laughs> it's actually the best one. It really is. I think the two towers may be the worst one. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. It's the one with the most It's walking. hard to choose a worst one. But it is hard to choose, yeah. Because they're all great, but there's a lot of exposition in the second one and like a lot of going from point A to point B and like setting up for the third mm-hmm. one, where the third one is amazing. Yeah. It is. I love it. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> I always cry at the end, mm. which is always what happens. 
<laughs> yep. When they kneel for the hobbits. Yes. Oh my gosh. Every time. Every time. <laughs> Gets me. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, don't laugh at us. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> All right, I think we're done for real now. I think we're done for real now. <laughs> All right. Coming up next time, we're going to actually be giving you our year-end review. This episode was kind of an extra one that we sneaked in there. But next time, you will actually get to hear our thoughts about the best books that we have read in 2021. And I'll also be there. I don't know if you said that in the preview for the year-end review. I'm not sure if we knew then. Yeah, I don't know if we knew for sure then. Yeah. Well, well, now we know. Breaking news, Emma will be there, too. I just invited myself to the year-end review. <laughs> Live, on air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. All right. Boo, boo, boo. Uh, check out all of our stuffs on social media. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out, guys. And, again, don't forget to treat yourself. Treat yourself.